Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCorsi here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going, man? I'm just trying to figure out how to build an empire, how to have a startup hustle podcast studio in every city in America. And in some cities, maybe even like a hundred. Wow. Well, I was just thinking about how I, I think between the two of us, I've got to be the franchise player. No, I'm the franchise. What? Yeah. Wait, I'm putting the franchise tag. Wait, can I put the franchise tag on myself? Does that apply? Are we outside does that does that mean you have to get paid like the league limit? Maximum, yeah. yeah. I want the maximum payment. So wow. the league actually we'll franchise each other. Let's agree on that, <laughs> and we will pay each other the league average of zero. And then because our our franchise model's clearly broken, I brought in um, someone who knows a little bit about franchising, um, a friend of mine, and someone I went to high school with, Kevin Rutt-row. Oldham. Rutrow. Yeah. High school. Yeah. Oh, there's got to be stories here. No. Not really. No, but we're from the same hood, kind of. But anyway, Kevin, you are, you do some stuff. You are the co-owner of The Smoothie Shop and Supplements. And Supplements. And the co-founder and CEO of DeFactory. And you guys do a lot of stuff there, e-commerce things and stuff. And anyway, we're going to talk about a lot of that. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Kevin. Cool. Thanks for having me on. Um, I've been in the intersection of marketing and technology since the late nineties. Wow. Yeah. You're old, when dude. Google was you're, you're just, old. I am old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, why'd you point at me when you laughed? Because we were in the same class, oh. I believe. So yeah, that makes you it. old as well. I right? I never, never had it. Never. But the uh, the marketing technology space was always uh, gravitated towards it, probably because it wasn't real good at math. I think that was the I think that was the deal, right? My dad was a uh, an actuary. Would get frustrated with me because I couldn't figure out the math, so I fell into marketing. And um, and you have to be really good at math and marketing, don't you? Not really. No, no. you do. Figure out your uh, well, you might, ROI. You might cost now. per click no. and your budgets I mean, and your it depends. We got. I mean, we're not talking about calculus, but no, yeah. Just basic algebra. You have to be able to marketing to well. It depends. Marketing the con the definition of marketing. Is to, you used to, used to graduate from college and with a sales and marketing degree and had nothing to do with math. Maybe figuring some gross margins. Yeah, yeah. Those aren't hard. Can you divide by point? Simple six? math. Yeah, simple math. That's all you need. <laughs> Figure out your cost yeah. of acquisition yeah. and all those things. So, sure. so yeah, man. I mean, I think what's most beneficial to the startup hustle nation would be. Yeah what's been going on in the past decade of my life. A uh, little company here in Kansas City called United Real Estate. And I had the, uh, I was one of the co-founders of that business. It was a major metropolitan uh, residential, primarily uh, franchise system that put more money into real estate agents' pockets. We grew that business from five uh, prototype stores in Chicago, Houston, Philly, Washington, D.C., and did I say Chicago? Yeah. I don't remember where it's the other big. one was. It's big. You can say it twice. Maybe it was Houston and Dallas. Mm. But that process introduced me to the franchising world. And I got to see how cool it was when you have um, 
a room full of people at your national convention and you're all just kind of rowing in the same direction, right? You're flying the same brand, you are using the same tools, you're using the same methodologies, you're just deploying them in different markets. It was almost like this really cool tribal family feeling. And that's when I got the franchise bug. I really never never gave too much thought to like the franchise business model prior to building one. Um, we built that up and packaged it with a couple of other organizations and then uh, uh, did a transaction with McCarthy Capital out of Nebraska back in 2015. So how, but well, and before we move on, how are we defining a franchise? Like what mm. do we consider a franchise to be? What do you consider a franchise to be, Mr. Watson? When I think of a franchise, I think of something like McDonald's or Subway, Subway and things yeah, like that right. is what I think of. Or myself as the franchise player, of course. But Oh, my God. He's really let the new podcast rankings go to his head. He's now the franchise player. Dude, his, his demands. Top, man, top, hundred, top 100, right? Yeah, in business. That's awesome. We're all right with that. I, I, mean, I think I also think of like whatever the latest like uh, – yogurt shop is or whatever like, like you the, see these like things the smoothie shop or today is it today is it i swear is it the like cbd oil places or yeah, those franchises because yes. oh, they yeah. are They're everywhere huge. they are so one of the one of the biggest ones is uh american shaman mm -hmm. they're, based here in Dude, they're City. everywhere they're everywhere yeah they are just blowing up uh in terms of location so i don't know if they're making any money but they're everywhere. they're really up in smoke <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or maybe not but it felt like it made sense you know and it's also a good you definitely time to... see these uh waves of things that are like the hot whatever it is right you go back a few years ago and it was like uh self-serve yogurt shops right were like everywhere there was it, it just they seem to come in different waves yeah totally well that's why i like like the most uh, recent business that my business partner and i acquired the smoothie shop and supplements the business has been around for 10 years Okay. And so, was, but, and, and you acquired that with a, it has a small number of locations. Well, at least it did last time I talked to you. Who yeah. knows? You might have 10,000 now. I no, mean, but no. The goal is 500. We have seven now with the eighth one uh, opening up here very shortly in okay. Excelsior Springs. New concept in a community center. Did you bring smoothies? No, I didn't. Oh. They don't travel very well. That's probably have to, true. Yeah. I just want a mango shake. Oh, dude. You got to go there. Mango shake, yeah, in the in, in the Philippines. Oh yeah, like it's pretty much the best thing ever invented. Dude, it really is, and you should be selling them did, in every one of your did stores. Did you bring some back from the Philippines? I tried to get him to, but he won't. He just, yeah. Do you remember? I so the first time I went, I remember going, dude. I, I'll tell you what, I'm drinking a mango shake, and this is like the greatest freaking thing ever. Wasn't I don't that even like like mango? If you don't have because you've never had good mangoes, right? You get the shitty red ones at the store. You really want yellow or uh, champagne mangoes? Do you know that champagne. there's two? Which you can get at Costco, dude. There's two. There's literally two different ways that you can like like a mango too. You like them ripe or not ripe? Or one like sour yeah, and one sweet. Yeah, I'd like you don't sweet, have mango. Or, no, I'm all about. Yeah. I'm a green mango. You don't guy. have mango smoothies at your store. No. Well, you know what? We do. We have some that do have mango fruit. In there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. for sure. For you, sure. You kept them on I'm the just, hook there. I'm a, I'm a, so my favorite one's PB and J. Like I just, it tastes like a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Interesting. It's very oh, wow. bizarre. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> now that we've taken a small intersection to debate. I talk about mangoes all day. Yeah, yeah. Let's go there. I'm glad you're such an advocate yeah. for the mango. Mm -hmm. Someone, someone needs to do the important work that you're doing in the world of mangoes. Yes. So, all right. Hashtag mangoes. So you have, no doubt. Um, by the way, if you want to tag at Startup Hustle Podcast with you and a mango, 
yeah, we'll talk about you pretty much guaranteed. <laughs> Do it on Instagram. We'll see what happens. Like, um, so, okay. So you got, you're open in your eighth location, but let's, let's, let's take this, uh, let's, we're here to help people mm-hmm. with all of the things that they need to do. And so at some point, the smoothie shop, which you can check out at the smoothie shop.com, um, whether it was you or someone else, you said, Hey, this is a franchisable idea. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what goes into determining like how or when, like, how is my idea franchisable? Cause I've talked to a lot of people that are like, Hey, this is franchisable. And maybe it is, maybe there's a lot of competition. There's a lot of franchises out there. And and like, I think a lot of people don't realize as well, if you're going to franchise stuff, you have to support, there's like a whole lot of things that go into it. And you're also setting up a model that is largely driven by a small percentage of people's revenue Yep. and trying to get people to do what you want on a universal basis. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Trying to get entrepreneurs to do what you want. Right. Yeah. That's, I have that problem with Watson all the time. Yeah, totally. So, to address your question on like, how do you identify if your concept is franchisable? I always say like, what's your golden goose? You know, do you have intellectual property or do you have a specific way that you treat your customers? Or uh, is there a specific, um, you know, if you think about like Chick-fil-A, for example, right? They have a very, very kind of almost cultish following, not necessarily because of their food, but because of their values, because of the way that they get you in and out, because of uh, one of the things that you can hear them, you can hear the order taker smile, like when you when you're in the drive through, you can literally hear them smiling. All of those things make up their 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 business model, which is a replicatable uh, concept, right? And so when people are looking at whether or not I'm ready to franchise or license my business, basically package up all of my my prototype into a kit and then sell it to other business owners, you've got to look at do you have your operations manual done? Like that's the number one thing. The operations manual is kind of your execution Bible. It's got, you know, all of your processes, procedures, your marketing plan. It's It's your owner's manual. Yeah. It's your owner's manual. Right. That's one thing we talk about with startups. Like if you're just starting like a startup or I guess technically the very unit one, uh, I've actually referred to our office in Cebu for full scale often as, as franchise unit one. Yeah. We're not technically a franchise, but I wanted to treat it like that. Cause we come into this, like we grew very quickly and all of a sudden we're like, shit, we need like systems. We need like everything. Well, yeah. our, our goals have offices in other cities. So yeah. we need, you know, and that's policies where, and procedures. And that's know. where the franchise model went. So when we want to open other places and whatever, that's there and it's clear, but man, that's hard to define. It is. It yeah, is. it's a lot of work too. It's like I'm glad I didn't have to do it. Thank you, Daryl. It's like your, you got to do all of your micro processes and also your macro processes, right? And you know, like our operations manual for the smoothie shop is about 150 pages. Wow. I mean, it's got everything from how do you open the store. Ours, to ours how do you is that close long. It? Yeah, ours is probably that long. When you wow. talk about like HR stuff, just other yep. junk, junk. Yeah. And once again, thank you to everybody who put that together because I don't think I could have done it. That's crazy. Yeah. So I wrote ours and I just had to lock myself into my office for about a week and just bang it out. Right. Um, Recipes, things like that. So when you're dealing with like a food concept, um, if you're dealing with, you know, service industry, it's like, hey, how do you treat that customer from the very beginning till the very end? So it's all of those things. And like, if you don't have, you know, I always tell people the first step that they need to do is, is first of all, is your, is your idea novel? Now, Matt mentioned something earlier, you know, there's like all these yogurt franchises, Mm -hmm. right? 
So how can you be remarkable? Can you can you make it, you know, if you have a cult following. And so, all of those yogurt places are gone, by the way. Yeah, yeah, because it's just ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> it's just ice cream. So like with the smoothie shop, one of the things we liked is I kind of saw it as a plant sub, if you guys are familiar with mm-hmm. that. Had a yeah. cult, cult following, right? So in, in Kansas City, the, we have a cult following associated with our tribe of customers. Now, the question is, can we replicate that into other cities because people aren't familiar with that brand? And I'm a brand guy. I love, you know, telling the story of brands. So like, that's one of the things that we saw that we could drive immediate value into it, along with some of the under, uh, under leveraged or not even tapped channels like e-commerce, private label supplements, all these things. So when we were looking at the franchise, what we wanted to look at were immediate value drivers, like what were things that we could bolt onto the business to provide um, support to all the franchisees so that ultimately they could make more money. Um, because you don't get wealthy off of, you know, seven or eight locations, you get wealthy off of, you know, hundreds of locations. Uh, the franchise business model for those listeners who may not be aware, you know, I always say it's a value exchange. It's not legally a partnership, but the franchisor is providing a basket of services and kind of the guidelines and the franchisee's role is to come in and use the proven tools. And in exchange for that, we get a percentage of their revenue in terms of royalty. So, so, you know, someone that's been on this show also, if you're interested in stories about franchising and it's like episode 11, 12 or 13, it was Laryl Holt from Carstar. Hmm. And yeah. that you talk about, I mean, that went from like no, no locations to a hundred and eighteen months, which is crazy. That's insane growth. It really like, is. That would it be really, really is. And some of the manage. things that like one of the things that Laryl said, and that's one of my, that's like a hall of fame episode for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you agree. Absolutely. It's yeah. like you talk to Laryl, it's like you come out and you're like, wow, I saw the Oracle. There is no spoon unless you're eating smoothies or then you don't maybe just a straw. But Laryl will, is vehement that if it's not written down, mm-hmm. it's not a process. It's not real. Like, and you know, that, that's got to come from that franchise background. Totally. And how to deal with that. So, um, all right. So obviously re- the ability to be replicated. Mm-hmm. You got to have something that's remarkable. All right. I'm checking the boxes off on my startup hustle franchise. (laughs) Um, You what? So what are some common mistakes? All right. So by the way, like I said, I think everybody that has like, not everybody, but you know, well, you know what? Let's actually stop. We've had this discussion. Are franchise owners entrepreneurs? I I I think they are. Yeah. Yeah. The definition of an entrepreneur, you know, what is it? The, the textbook definition is somebody who's putting their resources at risk, right, to uh, invest in a business opportunity. Right. And a lot of people um, will look at somebody who purchases a franchise and say they're not entrepreneurs. And I, I absolutely disagree with that. What do you think, Matt? I think, I, or, or I, th- I think it depends on the type of franchise. Because for some of them, I feel like if you're buying that franchise, you're sort of bought your own job and now you're the general manager of whatever kind of store it is you're talking about creating a job not a business yeah i mean it doesn't mean that it, you're not it's not entrepreneurial but you're not forging new ground you didn't create the franchise you bought a franchise but you're, you're still very you're, operational you're taking point. risk you're taking risk and you're opening something that okay so at one of the five it's definitely a different kind of what at one of the five schools that i did not graduate from which <laughs> it's true the kelly school of business which is a good school um, they would talk about franchising a lot. And, you know, the thing is, is, is good franchise models rarely fail. 
like the top ones. Like it's so, you know, there's a lot of people that come out of top business schools, then they're, they, we, we were trained saying, Hey, you really should probably, if you go into franchising, because someone else has already worked out a lot of the crap that's associated with it. It comes with an owner's manual. It's, right. like, it's a lower risk. You like when you open a subway, you know that people are going to come in because of that. It's the same thing with McDonald's and whatever. You have some built in value that comes with it. Um, well, some of that's also, all right, I'm curious how subway sales are since Jared went to jail for being a perv. We just went on the Jared conversation. I was wondering if we were going to talk about Jared. Well, but, it, but, though, but, right? it, but that's the thing though, that yeah. comes with it is now you're also, there's elements of not being in control that come with mm-hmm. it too. Like McDonald's, I feel has over the, well, and you're, and just our lifetimes. You're at the mercy of the brand. You are. The brand performs. Yeah. And the brand, like now McDonald's has, has evolved into like, it's not just like, like, Hey, we have cheeseburgers or double cheeseburgers. I mean, and it's no different as well as being like a car dealership and you own a Volkswagen car dealership. And all of a sudden you have all this stuff with diesels and all the crap that Volkswagen did. And you're like, right. you just own the, like, the dealership franchise. You're, you're killing monkeys to test yeah. your cars. Yes. and chill. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I mean, but the Jared thing, like, I mean, okay. So I used to live in Indianapolis. That's where that dude's from. I haven't met him. I know several people that do. He's a creep. He's really weird. But he was obviously the, I mean, now he's in jail. Yeah. And that isn't good for that brand. No. You know, like, I mean, I'm just saying it's not. So, you know, on the way to that. Okay. So I do, I do think that, that franchise owners are entrepreneurs. I think there's a difference between an entrepreneur and a founder as well. Like a founder is truly blazing that trail. Right. You're like yes. in the middle of the jungle, like hoping that your machete is with you and trying <laughs> to get through to the other right. side. For sure. Um, and you know, that's fine. But so what are, what are common mistakes that, cause you, we, like I said, you're tied to the brand. We don't have to talk about Jared too long. Cause it's not really worth talking He's about. He's a creeper. Yeah. But the yeah. point is, is like, that wasn't good for the brand. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. 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 If you are, if you own a franchise, you're at the mercy of the brand and the performance of the brand. I didn't even think about point. the VW thing. Cause yeah. like they got a shitload of really bad. Do you know where he's talking oh, yeah, about? Totally. Like not good. Yeah. Not yeah. good. Like totally bad. Yeah, yeah. Not good. And then sometimes you're, you're subjected to the agility of the product line. You I know, mean, I think like, another example of this would probably be like Quiznos. Like all of a sudden there were Quiznos freaking everywhere. Yeah. It was one of the hottest franchises. And then somehow or another they changed the product quality or whatever it was. And then it just slowly just tanked and tanked and tanked and tanked. And now Quiznos is like gone. Yeah, do you want to do you want to know uh, do you want to know an interesting Matt DeCourcy fact? Yeah. I've been fired from one job in my life and it was Quiznos. Isn't that weird to think that Quiznos how, is like gone? How do you get shit canned? How do you get fired from, from Quiznos? How do you get shit canned from Quiznos? I, I don't feel comfortable sharing that information, <laughs> but um yeah, I mean basically just not showing up but you still eat all the product. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't that. I mean just didn't, care. Just didn't show up to yeah. eat the product. Yeah, I delivered sandwich. <laughs> I lived in Durango, Colorado and I was like broke and my buddy was like dude come deliver sandwiches and i did it for a little bit and i was like this i think sucks. part of the point is some of these franchises have kind of a boom and bust cycle totally right totally is fran is quiznos really gone i haven't seen one in there's I, i'm sure there's still some around there's at one, one in, point in time, there's one were, in nebraska furniture mart because no, that lot. one's gone oh it is yeah. wow weird that's what i'm saying they used huh. to be everywhere and they actually have pretty gone. good sandwiches yeah they were bad. decent yeah. They were decent. They're good enough. Yeah. So what are other common what are common mistakes that are that are controllable by a franchise owner that you have seen or feel that people could make? You know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that a franchisor makes is they they get disconnected from their franchisees. 
So at my last company, we had like 4,000 affiliated folks with our business, right? And those folks, um, they would get, they would just absolutely <clears throat> rely on us to provide a basket of services that we need. What's the, what's the counter for? Did I say trigger word? No, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm training Watson through Pavlovian ways. For those of you that are watching on video, I reset it yesterday. I always give him a hard time because when I, when I, sometimes when I talk, I notice he yawns. Was that Which, a clicker for a yawn? Well, yeah, yeah it's, but I told him I was going to get a clicker. Dude, and that's epic. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like, it's on one. It's just on one because I would have to go back. Now I'm just messing with him. Dude. Trying to keep it spicy, you know? Spicy. Hey, man, we're you not know, feeling the love. We're like, I well, it's weird, no. isn't it? Dude, we're like so many episodes into this. I mean, we're like, we're like, like, we're, like a, we're like a 15 year old married couple. We got to find some ways to spice it up. And when we play, we're trying, <laughs> we're, we're, we're playing mixtape. <laughs> so, we have, hey, we have a yawn clicker. Talk, <laughs> we, you know, we moved on from, from my, uh, rock, paper, scissors dynasty. I retired by the way. Were you undefeated? Uh, undefeated. Yeah. I got nothing left to play for, man. Until you lost your daughter. My daughter, Ooh. by the way, my kids were playing it in the back seat of the car on the way home from somewhere on Sunday. And I looked over at Jill and I was like, yep, they're training to beat Watson. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd make a good video. I want you to play Dylan. I All think right. she kind of cheats, but she's, yeah, she'll go with like rock like 40 times in a row. So I'm working on that a little bit. Anyway, predictable. Yeah. Right. right. So let's talk about mistakes. You know, one of the things is the disconnect between, you know, the, the headquarters of the franchise and the actual people operating the business model. That was one of the common things that we would hear at my last company is, Hey, you guys haven't been out to see me in a while. Right. So we think it's also important that you're, you're involved, you know, for us in Kansas city, just having a Kansas city presence with the smoothie shop and supplements, it's very easy for us to go visit our location. So staying very close to the pulse of what they need. Um, and, and the reason that it's important is that you're paying a percentage of, of what you do to the headquarters. And then if you, they're not like doing anything or showing up, yep. it, you start to resent it. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, they're my customer. Yeah. I mean, that's what I always tell people. I mean, I go to work every day for those business owners and my close secondary customer is the retail customer who's coming in to their stores. But ultimately my job is to be of service to those business owners flying the flag so that we can actually go out and help them grow, right? Otherwise, if they're not growing, we don't make money. So it's a really accountable relationship. So that's one of the biggest things is, is that franchises will grow to a certain point and they'll get disconnected from their franchisees. A fantastic movie for anybody who's thinking about franchising is The Founder. I love that movie. It's great. Have you seen it? No. It's great. Michael Keaton uh, plays Ray Kroc. Yeah, it's awesome. The McDonald's founder. Okay. And like the big... But, and that's a great example because the original dudes that invented McDonald's, they didn't really want to franchise. Well, they kind of wanted to franchise it, yeah. but they, they were like so micromanagey about everything. They invented the whole, they called it the speedy system and like the kitchen efficiency. Like they were really great at that, but then they were just like too great at two restaurants. And one of the things they were always really complaining about is how do you keep quality control? And mm -hmm. that's a huge problem with franchises too. How do you get 400 locations to do what you want them to do to have a standard standardized brand? And cause you know, they, they, as they opened some of their first restaurants, they went to some of them and they're like, this place was serving burritos along with yeah. they're like, yeah, but people want burritos too. They're like, no, we have like a standard brand thing on this place that had fried chicken and there's barbecue at another one. And it's like, 
that early adoption was mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what I remember from that film is, and, and we've taken this to heart. If you remember the scene where they talked about, they used to have their, their milkshakes, they had this huge freezer and then they introduced, you know, one of the franchisees introduced this dry, dry packet, you know, uh, substance that could make the milkshake with a, with a glass of water. Right. And Ray Kroc adopted that behind the McDonald brothers backs. Yeah. But that the cost of that freezer, the operating cost of it and the real estate it was taking up in the kitchen was making it so that the franchises were not profitable. So like the milkshake saved McDonald's from an expansion perspective, just listening to one of the franchisees saying, hey, here's this dry powder, to which they still use that today, I believe. And that well, they quit calling came. it. They quit calling it milkshakes. Now they're yeah, just shakes because there is any milk, yeah, in them. milk in them. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like a powdered milk, right? Yeah, or something. So that's, that's one thing that like, we get, we get ideas all the time from our franchisees. And some of them are things that we want to incorporate into the business. And some of those things are things that we don't want to incorporate, but we're always saying, Hey, we're here to listen to you. What do you need? What are you hearing from your customers? And if it's something that we can roll out to the entire system, it's something that we'll roll out to the entire system. So just staying close with the, the, the franchisees, I think is probably the most paramount thing. And that's where a lot of them start growing. They get What's a big mistake I would make as a franchise owner? Not following the roadmap. Sure. Thinking yeah. you're smarter than the roadmap. Yep. Happens all the time. What about, okay, but how about people that are buying into unproven franchise models? I think that can be a mistake. Yeah. That totally. can be tough. Totally. Like, I mean, if you go to like Entrepreneur Magazine and, you know, they publish the Franchise 500, mm-hmm. which at least once a year I peruse. And it's interesting because once you get past about number 200, you're not familiar with the names. It gets, it gets pretty scattered. And when you Mm -hmm. get down from like 400 to 500, it's like places that have like three locations and whatever. And like, I mean, it's, so where do you draw the line there? Cause like you're a little bit past that point with like three spots, but you're clearly not McDonald's. Yeah. So, you know, like as a franchise owner, how do I determine what I want to get into? Like mm-hmm. you obviously want something unique, but at the same time, I mean, I, I think some of that is just cost advantage, isn't it? Bingo. Yeah. I mean, we're a lower price franchise today. We're what you would consider to be early stage. We just started franchising the business 18 months ago. So how many franchises do you have? We are opening our eighth location this month. Okay. So that are not corporate stores. Yeah, or... We don't own any. Oh, you don't own any. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so the, the fran- while the business has been around for 10 years, we're, you know, we consider this to be a new business okay. in terms of franchising. So with that, you know, when we're talking to prospective franchisees, some of them find that to be very exciting because we let them know that, Hey, you know, we're open to feedback. We want to know, like you have the opportunity to shape the future of the organization. We're also not charging the premium that some of the global brands like, you know, Jamba Juice or whoever else are, are charging because the value exchange isn't there. Right. Some of the you don't have the brand equity. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't. Mm-hmm. And so we own who we are very much so. And for some entrepreneurs, that's like the right business model for ones who want just guaranteed. Hey, I've got, you know, Super Bowl ads and all these things. We're not that franchise. Right. Sure. We never will be. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of, we're not the anti-franchise, but we just don't adhere to a lot of the same things that some of these big guys do and, well another thing too it's like not a lot of people have opening mcdonald's within their grasp i mean that's yeah, expensive it really is. i mean it's expensive when you look at like and that's what i find so fascinating about that list on entrepreneur um and i mean check it out it's interesting if you're into business it's a, it's but how much it costs 
So, you know, some of these things, you know, they're like average cost to open 2.1 to $4 million. Yeah. You're like, for what? All right. Like, I got a, a question for you guys. Yeah. So since we're talking about franchises, what are some franch things that are franchised that maybe we never thought about are actually franchises? Like is Starbucks a franchise? No, they're not. They're not franchises, That's right? That's a good Walmart, point. That's Walmart's not a, a franchise. Point. Target's not a franchise, right? But are there things that are franchises that are like, oh, wow, I didn't know it was a franchise. Panera. Panera is a franchise. Okay. Mm -hmm. True. Yep. Panera is a franchise. Chipotle. Chipotle. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, actually, but, but, hold on. We have to check on Chipotle. I'm not 100 percent sure if they franchise. Okay. What so if we just had a, if we just but had a better if we had a producer that was listening right now that could answer if Chipotle <laughs> was a franchise or not and bring that answer in here that could be I, a magical moment. That Let's would be see, that would be a magical. We'll moment. see if that happens or not. Is Chipotle a franchise or not? So what, what we'll else? See if that. What are some of the brands that I've been surprised at? It is not. Chipotle oh, is, not is not a franchise. Good wow. Job. Wow. And that wasn't who I was expecting. That was good job, team. Johnny. 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 Johnny, 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 Johnny on the spot. Johnny on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny yeah. on the spot. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other brands. Like Panera is one of the ones that really surprised okay. me because their food quality is consistent. Everything's consistent. Like yeah. to a T. And because it's a bigger operation where you actually sit down. Because you think about a lot of franchises, you tend to think about like smaller footprint types of yeah. uh, concepts faster concepts and what i think a lot of people don't realize is that you can pretty much franchise anything well so let's talk, so let's change the subject to that then what are some franchises that are not food industry related so obviously like car dealerships is one uh, haircuts uh weight loss financial services sport clip, like great sport, clips sport great clips, clips, stuff sport like that, clips maybe. snip and clip and i say that because honestly at one point i looked at opening some mm -hmm. i think there's house cleaning services that are yep. franchised yep like Mary, Mary Maids, Maids things is, like that. Um, by yeah. the way, a big one is Service Master. Huge. Service Master. Yeah, like Service Master's got like she a, said, a bazillion. Gyms and weight loss places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, all like, of like is a Planet Fitness, yep. those, okay. those kind of things. Yep. What um, else? There's a, I mean, if you think about like all the tool uh, companies, places like Goodyear, yep. right? Those are franchises. Okay. Oil, ch oil change. Oil Goodyear. change. Goodyear. Lube. Uh, there's some, there's, like there's several that are uh, like like things that are uh, like tool related, like snap on tools snap is actually a really big one. Mm -hmm. um, and like for that's interesting because they have a truck that has like all the tools and stuff yeah. in it. And those guys just go to job sites and wherever they go and take orders and do stuff. Um, there's if you can imagine it. Chances are it can be franchised. Okay. It probably has been. I mean, there's a lot of things for like kids dog walking. too. I mean, just there's just, a lot, like a lot of kids things, like some of this, like soccer leagues jamboree. and things. Yeah, jamboree, jamboree. like uh, you took your kids to that trampoline park. Yeah, that's a franchise. Yeah, I guarantee there's franchises for those things. That, well, yeah. that is yeah. that open airs one because mm -hmm. I saw that. Um, I don't know if the iFly is one. It curious. could be. Those are probably corporate. It's skydiving, indoor skydiving. Yeah. See, that's one of those weird things. Like you got to have a specific building. Yeah. I, I would and, tend to think those are probably not franchises, probably corporate owned. I'm trying to think about some other stuff that, you well, know. Well, let's talk big. NFL. They're franchises. That's true. True. Yeah. Working. I, mean, I put in my, I put in my application. Franchise. Yes. So that means that sports car, teams. I'm we're talking to about whether or not a, car dealerships uh, is a huge one. They're all franchises. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. I'm going to need a raise on the podcast to afford my NFL team, by the way. Okay, no problem. Which one are you yeah. buying? All of them. Cool. The whole the whole league. Um, but all right, so let's talk about something else because we we're joking about the startup hustle podcast franchise. So you, in order to be a franchisor, 
you ha- that there has to be enough revenue generated. See, our podcast doesn't technically generate revenue. We don't play ads. You right. can visit us at, at Startup Postal Podcast on Instagram or go to fullscale.io to see about our real business where we do actually generate revenue. But with that, like you have to have a, there has to be enough sales and income coming from your franchisees. Cause if you're taking what three to take 10% of anything, I mean, it's got to, so if you're selling five to $10 things, yep. you got to sell a lot of them. Sell it's a like lot. a dollar a, a, a thing as so, well. So listen that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've established there's a lot of different kind of franchises, a lot mm-hmm. of different kind of uh, industries. I, I think the the big looming question, though, for those who are listening is how do they know if they have something that they can franchise? I mean, I think that's ultimately the, the thing. Well, we that talked about some of we that. We talked about a little yeah. bit, but I mean, that, I mean, do we have any real specific uh, suggestions for those people trying to figure out uh, in regards to like how much money does it cost to create something that's franchisable, the amount of work, the amount of legal? There's different rules and regulations. All that sort of stuff. Being a franchise. Like if I'm thinking yeah. about franchising something, what do, what do they really need to know and what are they getting themselves into? Like, wh- Yeah, those are good questions. What's the talk- real realistic part of that? A rabbit hole is what they're getting themselves <laughs> they into. Are getting- I mean, is it like, look, you need a million dollars to build this giant franchise system and a whole bunch of legal things. You understand laws and all these states. You, I mean, what? What do you got to do? So one of the biggest things is, you know, aside from like the operations manual, you have to put together your franchise disclosure document. You have to put together your franchise agreement. Those documents are not cheap to put together, right? So, you know, I always tell people 20, 25K to an attorney. Um, Luckily, we found a franchise attorney here in Kansas City, um, which is awesome. So like Kansas City entrepreneurs who are thinking about franchising, there's somebody here who just does that. Okay. Um, The... Next thing that you have to think about is, is this really what I want to do, right? So you go from, you know, I always tell people so uh, true. The, the coffee ch- the coffee shop in my neighborhood, right? So if I'm the owner of that coffee shop in my neighborhood and I'm making coffee and I'm going and enjoying interacting with the customers, I'm more of like a business to customer B2C relationship. I'm going to flip my hat and all of a sudden I'm going to be in the business of supporting other people operating my business system. Are you mentally ready for that shift? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, that's where they stumble. They will sell. Don't buy a franchise for shit you're not interested in doing. That was another thing. So like, we (laughs) we looked at a lot of different things, like even Subway, because Subways aren't expensive to open. And and when I was in business school, like they literally like that was like the prime example. Like I was like, when you use a widget as an example, it's like we use Subway. Subway. And, you know, when I came down to it, I was like, I wouldn't, I don't want to work there. Yeah. I don't want to be there because you're, there's going to be a lot of debt. You're going to have to be there. You got to be able to do it. That's and, what I mean, it's like creating a job for you. Yeah, well, right. And, but if you're not interested, it's just like just being a startup founder, you're like operated around things that you're passionate about. So yeah. I think we were talking about what some of the mistakes are. You're making a huge mistake if you open it and you don't want to be there because it's going to flop and fail. If you're absentee businesses, whether you're a franchise or not have a, have a high rate of failure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and a lot of people, we'll put together a portfolio of holdings. So we have multiple owners who have multiple of our locations, sure. right? And that's where- a, lot, a lot of people I've known that have owned franchises have a whole bunch of them. Right? I think you have yeah. to, to make any money yeah. and not be yeah. the manager totally. of one of them. Totally. Gotta like have I, I, knew, I knew a dude in India, we shared Pacers season tickets and he owned like 17 Arby's. Yeah. Like Arby's. Like mm-hmm. that's like the fifth most popular. And he doesn't go to food. Arby's. I mean, he's never in them. Oh, that, he actually, well, he is. Really? A little, well, a little bit. I mean, they're all over central Indiana. I mean, he goes, I mean, I don't think he like spends every day there, but right. he definitely goes to them. Yeah. 
And that's like the thing, like from a franchisee. Or he has someone that does. Yeah, he probably has somebody who does. But if you, you know, you get like three to five or whatever, you start, you know, throwing off enough cash to uh, hire like a district manager or somebody like that, somebody who's in charge of everything for you. Um, then you build a portfolio of them. I mean, we know, you know, here in Kansas city, we had one of the biggest franchisors or we still do a pizza hut. Right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just pizza huts from Kansas city. No, oh. but one of the biggest franchise wars, uh, or franchises. It started in Wichita, hut. didn't it? I don't know where it started. Yeah. I think it started you, in Wichita. And that's you know, the pop, origin of it. you know, a popular franchise that is here, that title boxing. Yeah, they're, found, they're, they're yeah. from KS. Yeah, they are. And yeah. that, that's an example. And that's a, something that didn't really exist, you know, 10 years ago at all. And, like, yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to see, like, the staying power of some of that stuff. Because kind of like Matt was saying about Quiznos, like, totally. some of this stuff comes and goes. And I think another I think another uh, thing you could potentially make a mistake with was assuming that something, uh, you got to make sure it's not a fad. There's a big difference between popular and passionate. And I've written about this before because, uh, you know, I learned this in the ticket business. Like you can have people that are popular and you think, oh, wow, they have a number one song that show is going to sell out right away. And then no one goes because no one cares. If you're not passionate yeah. about something, no one gives a shit. And they're definitely not going to pay a premium for it. For sure. So like we were selling things at a markup and we learned that lesson pretty quickly. I asked my producer at Google <laughs> and it says at Google <laughs> Pizza Hut started in Wichita. have we replaced johnny and breland with google i don't know why i didn't just search for that earlier that's a good well because we want to keep everyone involved we did establish that it's important to keep the people at our franchise involved right so you know as we kind of uh, run out of time here two things one um are we starting a mixtape franchise no and then also (laughs) let's see what we pull have you played mixtape before? No, not yet. I read Mix, about it. Mixtape Stone, though, dude, that's true. Mixtape was was featured in Rolling Stone. Now, Amazing. by the way, that's kind of good for the brand. Yeah, yeah. And that's yep. that's where certain things too can actually like pick up some heat for you because totally. you're talking about building a brand. That, by the way, that would, congratulations. Mixtapethegame.com. All right, so I'm going to read a scenario. We're going to pick a song. What is the most American blue collar? Sweating, hard work, quitting time, old truck montage song. Ooh. That's a that's a very deep question. So, deep. you know, like, what's your Take sweating this job and shove it? That, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with she thinks my tractor sexy. I'm gonna just go with trucking by the Grateful Dead. If we're gonna come up with truck, there's a lot of trucks. Songs. There's a lot. I mean, I could probably you get can do list. you could do the whole Alabama. So you catalog. went with take this job and shove it. I like that. I'm going to go with him. Yeah. yeah. All right, Kevin, you are this episode's winner of Mixtape. Congratulations. Um, you win nothing. So, Hell yeah. Yes. Thank you, you. Take that and Th- shove it. Yes. I take, will. That <laughs> win, take that win and shove it, Oldham. There we go. Um, I just got it up there. I know I've known you for 29 <laughs> years or something ridiculous, but yeah, take that Kindle win. Kendall wants us. Take that win and shove it. You know family. what? We need like a mixtape, we need like a plaque. Or something that we give away. You need a certificate, dude. We're gonna make a really dumpy certificate. You get the green Just egg. The, the most... You get the green egg for the rest of the episode. You get the Here green egg for like the next ninety yes. seconds. So, um, well, once again, uh, is this is the smoothie shop on on the social medias? We are on the social. We can find you on the gram. Yeah, let's do so, that right now. We're gonna make that this episode's follow. So we're gonna follow and for the, for the smoothie LLC dot com there's no.com there i know i do that all yeah. the time it's okay so if you're in kansas but what City, is it that's at smoothie shop llc and no. then yeah where locally at, are some of your stores at smoothie llc um one of our cooler locations is in hyvee arena oh, oh cool. okay cool yes yeah, steve uh, the owner of hyvee arena is gonna be here well he's already been here yeah because 
that might actually come out before this one. We've got our first. It's so uh, weird the way I have to like put myself back. I figured out how to travel in time, and the podcast yeah. has been helpful with that. We've got a cool location in, that just opened in Mission, Kansas, as well. Okay. The Rough Johnson Drive, actually on Markway. So right. it's one of our newer locations. So if I want to open a smoothie, oh, there it is. Smoothie underscore LLC, the smoothie shop with this like really interesting smiley dude. I feel like this is, look at that. Is that you, Matt? That's Watson. Yeah, that's me. Wow. Totally and me. For yeah, the, yeah. There you go. Um, you can follow us as well on at, at Startup Hustle Podcast. Uh, if you, I like to say this, whether you enjoyed it or not, just do us a favor reach down and hit that fifth star or six. If you, if you've got a six star, do yeah, it do and, it. <laughs> uh, you know, leave us a good review and we'll talk about you on the show. Um, once again, you can find, uh, Kevin, he's at defactory.com or the smoothie There are several locations in Kansas city. I have a feeling he's ready and wanting to talk to you about opening one somewhere near where you live and mm -hmm. we might have to go on a road trip and get smoothies. Yeah. I, and look, I'm not going to, we're going to have to assure Watson that there's a mango smoothie there. Yeah. We got mango. Yep. As a matter of fact, we did. So Tom Bahali, when he dropped his album, Tomba juice, he's yeah. a big fan. And we had, we created, we said, Hey, Tomba, what's your favorite smoothie? And he's like straight mango. And so mm. we had, a Tomba Juice smoothie for that week, and we donated all the proceeds nice. uh, to his favorite nonprofit. That's one thing I noticed. Like you go to, like you go over to Asia, mangoes, everything. You go to Singapore, and I'm like Universal Studios. You can get like flavored drinks or whatever. Yep. Mango is always there every single time. Mango, mango, That's mango, wild. mango. Always. We start seeing mango everywhere. Yeah, it should be everywhere. I'm a big fan of the mango. So based on that, I'm gonna go do stuff. I'm gonna try to figure out how we're gonna franchise. If you're interested. And opening a startup hustle podcast <laughs> franchise, um, we you know well, we've got a great sign. You do that, good brand. We've got a great sign. For lunch, I'm going to go find a mango. Well, shake. look, I met. We needed something remarkable, so we've got. I'm. I'm. I feel, check that box. Um, something replicatable. We have the Matt Bot that yes. we're working on. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. cool. To, yeah, cool. which that will be like the least interesting co-host. Just any Matt will work. Yeah. Oh, just Is any it Matt. Be like yeah, duplicity any or multiplicity with Michael. Keaton? We're working. Copy we're working it out. We're working it out. Working we're, out the kinks. Yeah, we're not really sure. Well, I'm actually. So I'm going to go work on the Matt Bot. See you guys Thank next you. time. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.